Welcome to the Discover True Treasure podcast. I'm your host, Angela. Today, we are going to continue our study of the book of Galatians by studying verses 1 through 9 of chapter 4. If you missed last week's episode, feel free to go back and listen to it. However, it is perfectly fine to listen to the episodes out of order. During last week's episode, we learned that the law served as a guardian and a schoolmaster until Christ came. But now that the way of faith has come, there is no longer a need for the law as a guardian. In this week's episode, we are going to discuss more fully how those who believe in Jesus are the children of God. We are also going to discuss the danger of falling back into bondage to the law or to human effort to be made righteous. Okay, I hope you're ready to study the Word of God. Let's begin. Okay, so before we read the verses that we will be studying, let me just quickly say, if you are new to the podcast, I would like to invite you to check out some of the earlier episodes. I think that you will be blessed as you listen and see how we built up to where we are now in chapter four. And especially, I think you will be blessed as you listen to how the Lord gave Paul the wonderful ability to expound on the truth about justification by faith in Christ. Okay, so now let's read the verses that we will be studying. And I am going to read these verses in the New Living Translation. And I do plan on referring to these verses in the King James Version throughout the study. Okay, verse one. So again, this is uh, chapter four. We're going to read nine verses, uh, verses one through nine. Okay. Think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves an inheritance for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up even though they actually own everything their father had. They have to obey their guardians until they reach whatever age their father set. And that's the way it was with us before Christ came. We were like children. We were slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. But when the right time came, God sent his son born of a woman subject to the law. God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law so that he could adopt us as his very own children. And because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out Abba Father. Now you are no longer a slave, but God's own child. And since you are his child, God has made you his heir. Before you Gentiles knew God, you were slaves to so-called gods that do not even exist. So now that you know God, or should I say now that God knows you, why do you want to go back again and become slaves once more to the weak and useless spiritual principles of this world? Okay, so now that we've read the scriptures, let's make some general observations about each verse. Here in verse 1, Paul uses an everyday example from his day, of course, to explain what it was like before Christ came. 
But before I get to that, let me quickly say something about the mention of slavery in the Bible. I think it is important to understand that in addition to the Bible being the word of God, which it is, it is also an historical account that spans centuries. And just because certain events and or practices are recorded in the Bible, uh, it doesn't mean that God sanctioned or condoned those practices. So in the instance of slavery, it is important to understand that slavery, and I mean the idea or the practice of one human being um, being owned by another human being and performing forced labor was not a God idea. It was sinful man's idea. Now, it is true that God allowed the children of Israel to make slaves of people of other nations. But even with allowing the children of Israel to do that, God commanded them not to make slaves of their fellow Israelites. And it is true that even in the New Testament, Paul gave instructions to slaves and slave owners. But that still does not mean that God condoned slavery. In fact, in the Bible, we will find that God allowed several practices due to the hardness of man's heart, even though those practices were not his will. For example, Jesus said that Moses allowed divorce because of the hardness of man's heart. You know, I remember reading in 1 Samuel how the children of Israel rejected Samuel and they demanded a king. And after God told Samuel that they were really rejecting him, he told Samuel to warn the children of Israel of the way in which, in which a king would rule over them. And I remember one of the things God told Samuel to tell the children of Israel was that they would eventually become the king's servants. He talked about how the king would take their children and, that, and how they would become the king's servants. And God said that they would cry out to him because of the way uh, the king would treat them. And to me, that denotes that such treatment was not his will. So here we're talking about servanthood. Um, so I believe that not only slavery, but even servanthood uh, was not his uh, will uh, for his children. Now, in regards to slavery, I remember uh, in the book of um, Philemon or Philemon, uh, you could say it either way, that um, Paul wrote this believer name, um, Philemon, concerning one of his slaves by the name of Onesimus who ran away. And Paul told Philemon that Onesimus had become very profitable to him in terms of assisting him in his ministry. And Onesimus was so valuable and dear to Paul that he called him his son. And Paul asked Philemon to willingly receive Onesimus back, not as a slave, but as a beloved brother. He said both in the flesh and in the Lord. And I love how before Paul asked uh, this favor, 
of Philemon, he actually told him, he said, I could just command you to do this because it is the right thing to do. But um, Paul expressed that he wanted Philemon to do it willingly. And so Paul told Philemon that Onesimus, that if Onesimus had wronged him in any way to charge his wrongdoing to Paul's account instead. And so this just reminds me how last week we read that in verse 28 of chapter three, Paul stated that there is no Jew or Greek, slave or free, male and female. He said that we are all one in Christ Jesus. We are all children of God. So I believe that it was God's plan all along for us to be his children. I do not believe that it was his plan for some of his children to own others as slaves or even servants. Also, last week I talked about how there are no second class children in the family of God. Instead, we who are in Christ Jesus are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ Jesus. We all hold the same highly esteemed position as children of God. Now, the reason I went on this little detour to um, discuss slavery in the Bible is because I've heard, um, and maybe you have too, uh, people who profess to be Christians um, condone slavery. And in particular, I've heard people talk about in the case of African chattel slavery, um, I've heard people state that it was just and that it was God's will. And they uh, based their beliefs, they defended their beliefs on um, the fact that slavery is in the Bible. You know, they'll say, well, it's in the Bible. And so my response again to that is just because something is mentioned as in a historical fact in the Bible does not mean that it was that it's God's will. Okay, so now that we've talked about that, let's get back to the verses at hand. And so uh, here in verse one, Paul states that when an heir is a child, there is really no difference between that child and a slave, even though that child owns everything the father has. And the reason there is basically no difference is because the child is under authority, just like a slave or servant would be under authority. The child must submit and obey and learn from the appointed guardians or tutors until the father deems that the child has come to an age of maturity. Okay, so now let's move on to verse three. Okay, here in verse three, Paul says that this is what we were like when we were enslaved to the elements of this world. We were like children. And I talked a little bit about this last week. You know, although the children of Israel were God's chosen people, they were like little immature children who were in bondage to the spiritual principles of this world. You know, they were in bondage to the law. They were enslaved to their offerings and sacrifices. Um, although commanded by the law, 
you know, they were in bondage to their traditions because they incorrectly believed that these things would lead to righteousness. They incorrectly believed that they could obtain life by obeying the law. They didn't understand that all of their sacrifices and offerings and feast days, etc., were actually types and shadows that pointed to Jesus Christ. And I believe here that Paul also wants the Galatians to know that they were in bondage as well because they once served idols. They once served false gods. And now in this, in this book, we learn that they're being tempted by others to trust in their human effort. And, you know, we in this current day, we're no different because many of us also once trusted in our human effort as well. So this is what life was like for both the Jew and the Gentile before Christ came. We were all under bondage. Okay, let's move on to verse four. Okay, so starting with verse four, Paul says that when the right time came, which is the time that our heavenly father appointed, he sent his son, Jesus Christ, who was born of a woman and subject to the law so that Jesus Christ would redeem those who were under the law. The New Living Translation says that God sent him to buy freedom for us who were slaves to the law. And God did this so that he could adopt us as his very own children. Now look at that. God sent Jesus to this earth to redeem us so that we might become children of God. Or as the King James Version says, that we might receive the adoption of sons. Now, let me just quickly say, I don't know about you, but it feels a little weird sometimes to call myself a son of God uh, because I am a female. And of course, I get the gist of what the scripture is saying, but I remember even Jesus uh, called um, the woman he healed um, a, a daughter of, of Abraham. So I, I just personally like the New Living Translation where it says uh, children. Um, instead of sons, because I feel like it includes us women. Uh, so that's just a personal preference. But anyway, let's move on to verses six and seven. Okay, so starting with verse six, Paul says that we are God's children. And because we are God's children, God has sent Christ's spirit into our hearts. And that very spirit compels us to cry out, Abba, Father. And Abba means Father. And, you know, in Romans chapter 8, verse 15, and uh, let me read that from the King James Version. It says, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father. And it says, the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? The Holy Spirit who lives in us bears witness 
to our spirit that we are the children of God and compels us to cry out, Father, Father, a daddy, daddy. Uh, because, you know, we can liken this Hebrew brew word, um, Abba, to our English word, daddy. It's a warm family term that denotes the close and loving relationship of a father and his child. And God wants us to come near to him. He doesn't want us to shrink back in fear of his holy presence. Instead, we can draw near with full assurance of faith knowing that he accepts us because the blood of Jesus has purged us from all sin. Amen. And Paul goes on to say in verse seven, that we are no longer slaves. In other words, we are no longer slaves to the law. We're no longer slaves to sin. We're no longer slaves to the basic spiritual principles of this world. Instead, we are God's very own children. And because we are God's children, we are heirs of God. Amen. Okay, so here in verse 8, Paul reminds the Gentile believers in the churches of Galatia that before they knew God, they were slaves to idols or to so-called gods that don't exist. Now, Paul was talking about literal idols that many Gentile believers in his day worshiped before they believed on Christ. For instance, many Gentile believers in uh, Ephesus once worshiped the goddess of Diana. Now, although many of us may not have worshiped the idols of some false religion, we are certainly guilty of worshiping false gods of greed or materialism or lust or some other kind of false god. And whether we realize it or not, we worshiped these false gods because we incorrectly believed that they could give us life. We believed that they could bring happiness and give us the life that we always wanted. Likewise, the Gentile believers in Paul's day worshiped false gods, gods that don't exist because they believed that those false gods could give them something that only God our Father could give them, which is true life, the life of God and everything his life entails, which is righteousness and peace and joy. And before uh, we knew God, we were all in bondage to some kind of false god or idol, idol, as I said. But Paul says in verse 9, now that we know God, or rather are known of him, why would we want to go back to those false gods and be enslaved once again? Why would we want to be enslaved to the weak and useless spiritual principles of this world? Now, this is the way the King James Version puts it. It says, but now, after that ye have known God, or rather are known of God, how turn ye again to the weak and beggarly elements whereunto ye desire again to be in bondage? Mm. Yes, all false gods and idols are indeed weak and beggarly. You know, the desire to want to follow the law and to be made righteous by obedience to the law actually puts us in bondage because 
our right behavior doesn't make us right with God. And I believe that Paul wanted the Gentile believers in Galatia to not get caught up in this lie, this lie that, that, uh, these false brothers remember from Judea came down and told them that, um, they needed to follow the law to be made right with God. I believe that Paul wanted them to put that false belief behind them, just the way they put behind them the practice of worshiping um, idols when they first accepted Christ Jesus. And likewise, us, you know, as believers, we also, we must refrain from the temptation of trusting in our human effort to become righteous because we are to rest solely in what Jesus Christ alone has done, because it is only through Christ Jesus that we are made righteous. Amen. Okay, let's move on to the application portion of the study. Okay, so here in the application part of the Bible study, this is where we just extract a thought or two and um, just expound on it a little bit and apply it to our lives. And so I have just one takeaway for this episode. And it is this, the one thing that really stood out to me in these verses is that we now have the spirit on the inside of us, which prompts us to call out Abba, Father. It is so important for us to understand that we are God's children and that God is our father. In fact, Jesus came to this earth to reveal, he said, to reveal the father to us. Jesus wanted us to know God as father. He wanted us to know the love of the father. And because God is our heavenly father, we can now come near we can approach him without fear. Isn't that wonderful? We don't want to hold on to an incorrect view of God where he is this tough and stern figure who is unapproachable and who is always watching over us, but not lovingly, you know, uh, watching over us critically so that he can quickly punish us if or rather when we do something wrong. Instead, we want to know that we can draw near to God because he is our father and we can draw near with full assurance of faith because our hearts have been cleansed from an evil conscience. So now we can come boldly to the throne of grace knowing that God wants to give us mercy. He wants to give us grace in the time of need. Now, of course, yes, we still want to have a godly fear, a godly, that's the key, a godly fear of God, because he is awesome and magnificent and glorious and all sufficient. But now that we are children of God, we don't want to draw back and have a wrong kind of fear, the kind of fear that comes with a spirit of slavery, because we now have the spirit of sonship. We have the position as children of God, and this position is secured forever 
through Christ Jesus. Amen. So the takeaway is that because we are the children of God, we now have the spirit of Jesus on the inside of us, which prompts us to call out Abba, Father, Daddy, Daddy. Amen. Before I talk about the meditation scripture, let me just clarify something that I said earlier. I mentioned that right behavior does not make us right with God, and that's true. But I want to clarify that, of course, right behavior is important. We want to live holy. However, right behavior is a result of us being made righteous by faith in Christ simply trying our best to live right, to behave right, that in and of itself does not make us righteous in God's sight. Only faith in Christ Jesus makes us right with God. All right. So this week's meditation scripture will be Galatians 4, 6. And let me read that from the New Living Translation. And it reads, and because we are his children, God has sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, prompting us to call out Abba, Father. This beautiful verse reminds me that I am God's child. It reminds me that I have the Holy Spirit and that the Holy Spirit prompts me to call out Abba, Father. You know, another name for the Holy Spirit is Comforter. The Holy Spirit has been given to us to comfort us. And he bears witness with our spirits that we are the children of God. He doesn't bear witness that we are the children of wrath anymore. He bears witness that we are the children of God. Amen. Okay, so let's end this Bible study with prayer. Please join me in prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for the wonderful gift of the Holy Spirit, the Comforter, who bears witness with our spirit that we are indeed your children. Our hearts cry out, Daddy, Daddy, to you. We draw near to you with hearts that are full of faith, knowing that you love us. Heavenly Father, thank you that because of Jesus Christ, we are no longer slaves to the law. We're no longer slaves to human effort or slaves to any beggarly element of this world. I declare that we will be firmly established by grace and that we will not shrink back and become slaves again to the weak and useless spiritual principles of this world. It is in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. Well, thank you so much for joining me. I hope you were blessed by today's Bible study. Please join me next week as we will continue our study of the book of Galatians by reading verses 10 through 20 of chapter 4. If you have a prayer request, comment, or question, please leave me a message. I would love to hear from you. Also, if you enjoyed this episode, please consider subscribing to the podcast and share it with others. Until next time, rest in the assurance that you are valuable and 
dearly loved by our Heavenly Father and the Lord Jesus Christ.